Welcome to the Halloween special of Fantastic Cruises. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to Fantastic Cruising. My name is Matt, and I'm Kimbra. I was really gonna try the accent, but I didn't think it was gonna work out. I, I guess mean, we could have just re-recorded. We could have re-recorded. Okay, let's try it again. Okay. Let's go. Bon beanie, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am Matt, and I am Kimbra. <laughs> And there we go. This is the Halloween episode 2020 because we needed more scary stuff in 2020, right? Yes. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Oh, I take it back. Listen, this is what we need you to do. Well, first we're going to go over some little bit of fun stuff, but then turn down the lights. Make sure you're alone or next to that person that you want to get close to. Focus and relax. As we take you into a haunting tale of crazy stories and nautical adventures to scare you for Halloween. So to start things off with, we actually ask you out there about some scariness when it comes to cruising. Because cruising is absolutely terrifying. Blah, 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 blah. And apparently full of vampires. Blah. Now, uh, what we asked was, we did a poll, uh, not a stake, so don't worry if you are a vampire. We did a poll, um, no, I'm thinking, never mind. Okay, on You what, want some steaks? What? You want steak? No, I was thinking about, never mind. Um, on what would be scariest about cruising. So we uh, we put we threw some things out there. We let you throw some things back at us, and uh, a lot of them didn't even get a vote. So you know, I don't know some highlights that that the cost isn't scary. Ghost ships, no nobody's afraid of ghost ships or pirates, mosquitoes, sharks. I was happy to see no votes for sharks, and people were allowed to vote multiple times, but they um, mostly didn't. I don't think. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's weird because sometimes I forget to do that and then people vote multiple times and I'm like, oh, curse me for forgetting that. Didn't happen. Rogue waves, nobody's afraid of that. Sinking, not a problem. Falling overboard, eh, no, no worries. Norovirus, nobody's concerned. But food poisoning got a vote. Disembarkation got a vote. And then somebody added getting on and off. I'm assuming they meant the ship, which would be disembarkation and embarkation so right. they, i guess the whole process is scary i don't know the getting on the ship scare you 
Um, the only way that I'd say it's probably scary is if I like forgot something. Oh yeah, like yeah. like the fear of did I forget something? Right? Did I have the passport? Did I did I not pack something? Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's valid. And then uh, going through security always makes me a little nervous. Every time I go through security, I'm just like, oh, what are they gonna? Are they gonna like? This is going to be awkward and a big hassle. I think right. mostly I'm just, like, I don't want to like, Are they going to find all of the contraband that I don't have? Yeah, probably not if you don't have it. Right. Seasickness got two votes. Okay, so that was a little bit more fear there. And, then, and children also got two votes, which, look, I totally understand that one. Lost luggage got a few votes. Weather got a few votes. people. Mer people got bo- votes, but uh, Rogue Wave didn't. That's that's interesting. But Mer people are cool. I mean, look, the original Mer people, the Sirens, were not friendly, happy go luck. Look, if you listen to the Halloween episode last year, there was a story about a siren. That's true. And her song, and how it lured somebody into their watery grave. Mwahahahaha. <laughs> And uh, and then and then our friend Tony Dials added cancellation, and that got some votes there. Uh, this one, no surprise, got a lot of votes. The drink bill, but huh. boom, yeah, the drink bill got a lot of votes. That doesn't surprise me. Fire, that's like probably the most legitimate one on here that people should actually be afraid of yeah. on a cruise ship is fire. That got some votes, and then uh, getting left behind at port, that was number two. That's that would be my vote. I see you voted there. Yeah. Number one though is added by our friend Brian Ahern. He has said getting sick or injured in a foreign country, and that by far. Oh, I see some people did vote twice. I see there John Klaykowski voted twice at least, uh, or three times, or maybe five. I don't know. Anyway, that was the number one answer: getting sick or injured in a foreign country. Now I did not vote up until this point, but. Um, I think, honestly, that's probably my biggest fear, too. Like, that is a legitimate concern of mine, is getting getting hurt in a foreign country, especially if it's someplace like, I don't know, Mexico or someplace where you just don't know if if they're going to force you to pay money that you don't have to get treated. Yeah, like, I hear all these horror that's stories. That's why you get trip insurance. Right, yes. And that does make me feel better. And as our other friend Brian always points out, I think he even commented he in this in this post about making sure you get trip insurance and some suggestions for that, that does make me feel better, but it's still like a fear that I have, not only because of the cost, but also what kind of care would I get depending on, you know, how big of a port I'm in and stuff like that. Like what if it's like a real serious injury, you know, am I going to be able to get the same kind of care that I would in, another port or in the United States. I don't know. Just that's, don't just don't get injured. Well, that's, you know, that's the ultimate goal. Right. So yeah. problem solved. <laughs> but that's it. That's that is what we came up with there for things that are scary on a cruise. Any final thoughts? Any final thoughts on that one? See what I did there? Yeah, I'm I'm too scared to say anything <laughs> else. What do you guys think? Send us a, an email, fantasticcruising at gmail.com, and uh, drink, and uh, we will talk about it in a non-Halloween episode. Speaking of, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. We got some emails. We do. These are not Halloween-related emails, but we will read them anyway, 
Because we only got a couple, right? Um, I think two. That's a couple. Well, two in a smidge. Okay. So. How do you smidge an email? There's no ink to run. So it's a continuation of Mallory's email from last week. Gotcha. She gave us the third Elvis. The third Elvis. So if you were, if you were paying attention out there, uh, we talking about Elvis impersonators and now we got the third Elvis impersonator that she had named. These guys are really good. If you want some Elvis Presley in your life, you're going to go right on over there and thrust right on into this gentleman right here. What's his name? Dean Z. Dean Z. This one's for you. I got nothing, actually. I got, I can't, I got nothing. So, yeah, so Dean Z. So, but, yeah, she said good Elvis impersonators. If you're, yeah, so. If you want Elvis impersonators. Dean, and then she had mentioned... What were the others? Jeremy Rodriguez and Jay Dupree were the other ones. There you go. So there you go. That's who they were. All right. That and was that the smidge or was that? That the... was the smidge. Okay. Because it wasn't really a full email. It was just right. the just a smidge. Yeah, just a smidge. Um, so and then, just a partial shot. And we got one from Stephen. Stephen. And what do you say? It's a limerick. Oh yes. Now Stephen, to to get a little history, Stephen did send us a limerick. He was maybe the first one to send us a limerick. Um, or on that first episode, yeah, was it was one of the one of the only ones that sent us one Limerick. of the first, and uh, it was a it was a wee it was a tad wee bit long. It we read it. It was it was entertaining, but uh, he he's trying to make amends for that long limerick now, right? Yes, because the title or subject line of this email is a shorter limerick, or so I think. <laughs> All right, so here it is. I am sorry, my limerick was so long. I must have thought it was a song. I think this one is better, like a nice sweater. Is drinking prune juice so wrong? Well, if you're doing shots every time we mention fantasticcruising at gmail.com, you may have to run. Oh, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> That's my idea of a dirty joke. Oh, okay. oh that was crappy. Oh, but um boom <laughs> All right, now stop trying to... Confuse me. We got another email, right? Yeah, you're the one that tried to move on. Moving right along. Go ahead. Aw. Do, 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 Go do, ahead. Do, 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 do. Why are you okay. distracting me? Because you sang the song that I like. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. okay, so the last email is from Jennifer. Jennifer DeHart. About themed cruises. Themed cruises. And she says, I had to chime in on your specialty cruise episode. Ethel? 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 Recently, my sister asked me if I would go on a Melissa Etheridge cruise. Is that what Etheridge? Melissa Etheridge. You're the one who likes country music. I don't know who that is. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Shame. Anyways, um, next year for her birthday. I said maybe, but I don't think that's really my style. When she sees the added cost, she may realize it's not her style either. Yeah, they're not cheap, are they? Those, those, Especially those rock star ones. They, um... Yeah, you're paying for them. You, they get, you get hit with a wallop of a bill. That's scary. Yeah. Uh, my style would be more of a foodie cruise with farm-to-table cuisine. I love to cook and garden, so workshops, classes, and cooking demonstrations would be fun for me. Other specialty cruises I would enjoy are pirates, disco, Christian music, jazz, and the 80s. Why not combine all those into one cruise? Well, just wait. Oh, just wait. Getting ahead of myself. 
I also would not mind running into the Elvis group like Tommy's Pirates and Pier Runners did. That got me thinking about cruise combos that would not work. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of these? Meow Meow Swingers. Ooh. Golden Girls Heavy Metal. (laughs) Crafting Pirates. That could work. Yeah. I mean, why not, you know? And then she said, I love the show. Thank you for making me laugh. Bling that hook. (laughs) Bling that hook. It could be a game show, too. Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen, to Bling That Hook. And then we can have Bling Your Peg. Bling Your Peg. Or whose peg is the blingiest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or pin the bling on the peg. That could be dangerous. Why? Because they might miss the peg. How about glue Glue the the bling to the peg? Yeah, it might end up with more eye patches. With your hook? With the, oh. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. Hooked on scrapbooking. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready to make some stuff? (laughs) Copic markers. Color in 101. (laughs) Apparently, this has become the pirate episode instead of the Halloween episode. But the pirate episode is supposed to be in like February or something. On Talk Like a Pirate Day. Yes. Okay. When's that. Talk Like a Pirate Day? Quack! What a scrapbook! Quack! Probably want a cricket! Quack! <laughs> this is the Halloween episode, right? That's right. And we're doing characters. <laughs> Look, Halloween's not always about scary anymore. Well, People I mean, go as all sorts of things say, for you Halloween. You can dress up as whatever you want. That's maybe, right. Maybe you want to be a parrot. Maybe a pirate parrot. Maybe, well, that's kind of goes together. Maybe a zombie parrot. Uh, yeah. yeah. Crackers brains. don't have brains, but... What? Probably want a cracker. Cracker brains. brain, I was going to say. That could have a whole other cause. Well, the people in Florida are called crackers. That was like because of cracking the whip on the cattle farms and oh. stuff. You hear that a lot? Okay. So... Okay, all right, there you go. And now we take you to Curacao for some creepy old wives' tales. So the first one is called Just Two Buckets Will Do. One must always throw two buckets of water behind a hearse as it is driving away from the deceased house after picking up the body. This is to ensure that nobody else in the household is claimed by the grips of death. The next one. Home is where the chicken blood is. When building a new house, one needs the obvious cement, blocks, and sand, but also chicken blood. A chicken must be slaughtered and the fresh blood poured in the four corners of the house as soon as the foundation is finished. This will ensure smooth construction in a strong and stable house. Okay, so before we continue, I have a few more, but I want to shout out. These are from a blog that we found while looking for some different stories called The Traveling Island Girl. It's a, a girl that grew up in Curacao. So I'm going to give a shout out to her just so that she knows if she ever listens to this, that we're stealing her stories or using them, not stealing, using anyways. Next. Ah! Knees of death. 
once at my grandparents' place, I needed to change the channel on the TV. Being lazy, I didn't feel like getting up, so I knee-walked to the TV. There was no remote control at my grandparents' house. My aunt almost suffered a heart attack upon seeing me do this, and she quickly yanked me to my feet and told me to never knee-walk again. How was I supposed to know that knee-walking invites death? (laughs) A broom and a wedding. When someone is cleaning their house, make sure you're not to stand too close, for if that broom sweeps over your feet, it is a sure sign that you will never get married. Late Night Shenanigans One must always be careful when coming home late at night. Walk in backwards so you face whatever evil spirits are waiting to enter your home. This will make them think twice about coming in uninvited. Another way is to stop at the door and turn your shirt inside out and wear it with the tag on the outside before proceeding into your house. Are you ready for a creepy cruise creature? Creepy. Yes. Creepy. Well, actually, we're going to do the theme of the cruise creature today is the sanguinivore. The sanguinivore, which uses hematophagy. I don't know if I'm saying that part right, but sanguinivores, they eat blood 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 they eat blood and there are a lot of animals out there that eat blood i bet that everybody out there is familiar with some you've probably already been victim to some have you ever been a victim of a vampire yes which vampire have you been victimized by the mosquito Ah, yes, the mosquito. I always tell people, if ever you were bitten by a mosquito, two things can I tell you. Do you know what they are? Don't slap it. No. No, I have no idea. One, it was a female mosquito that bit you. And two, the female mosquito that you fed, what you're actually doing is giving it the proteins it needs to produce eggs for more mosquitoes. <laughs> well, then I've made a lot of mosquitoes. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. And you may think that's a bad thing, but mosquitoes are important. First of all, most of them don't actually use human blood. And the ones that do, like all mosquitoes, what they actually feed on. Do you know what mosquitoes actually eat? It's not blood. Trick question, it's not blood. Something else. (laughs) Pollen and nectar, mostly pollen. So they are pollinators. They're important for spreading the the plants, the flowers, the fruits, the, the stuff that we need. But they still eat my blood. They do. Well, the females use your blood as part of the reproductive process. Okay. They also feed on pollen. So... I'm just saying. Now, of course, Reno is familiar with the flea, not the bass player from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Anyway, um, and of course, have you ever been fed upon by a tick? I have not. Oh, I have. Also, I want to make it clear, Reno does not currently have fleas. So you think. I mean, we keep him on flea medication. 
Yes, I also check him regularly. Anyways. But he's been bitten by fleas. So he, have I. He has been Actually, bitten by fleas. So far, I have been vampirized, vampirized by all these creatures. So all far. of them? Yes. Oh, I, all of them that you've said so far. Yeah, not all of them on the list. That'd be terrible. Uh, yeah, so fleas, ticks, mosquitoes. Now, here's one I have not been victimized by, but uh, they are occasionally found on cruise ships. Bed bugs. Yes, bed bugs. <laughs> but I think it's it's not super common. But bed bugs, which are actually bugs. Oh, actual bugs. They are truly bugs. So when I always say this. I always say all bugs are insects, but not all insects are bugs. There is a group of insects which are the true bugs. And the bed bugs are in that group. Ladybugs are not, not bugs. Not true bugs. Stink bugs. Actually, might be true bugs. I just looked at, but yes, but there are some other bugs. That a lot of people call all kinds of things bugs. It bugs me. They're all bugs. They're not all bugs. Not to an entomologist. Uh, the kissing bugs also true bugs. Now these guys are bad. So so far, of course, the mosquito is bad because I mean it's good, but it's bad because they can carry malaria and they can carry. Uh, other a lot of other diseases. They are probably the most deadly animal on the planet, if you think of it that way. Like if you think of them as vectors, they are the most deadly animal on the planet, du- indirectly causing more human fatality than any other creature. By it's not even close, people. And then, um, actually, I should say the flea is was a huge component of the bubonic plague. That wiped out lots and lots of civilization in its time. Kissing bugs also have a little parasite that lives in their guts that gets into you. Here's what the here's what the kissing bugs do. They wait until you're sleeping. Then they crawl on your face and they have a what makes a bug a bug. One of the things that makes a true bug a true bug is they have a proboscis. That's their mouth part, like a little spear with uh, that's able to slurp things up or inject things. And they will pierce your lip and drink your blood. But they also sometimes pass these little parasites onto you and cause something called Chagas disease, which can be fatal in some people. Yeah. You know where they're from? No. About 26 of the southern states in the United States of America. That's right. They're in Florida. Great. <laughs> I don't, I, I only want to be kissed by one thing, and it's not that bug. Reno? It's also not that dog. Man? Your M- mom? Maybe on the cheek. <laughs> okay, what else do we have? We have the, uh, you're going to like this one, the Kenyan jumping spider. Moving away from insects entirely here. Still but, a bug. But the Kenyan jumping spider, which is not a bug... Eats mosquitoes, so they themselves don't actually go after your blood, but they feed on mosquitoes that have recently fed on other things that are full of blood. You just wanted to find a way to put a spider in this. I love spiders. And then there's there's still one more insect here, though, which is called the vampire moth. It lives in Europe. Oh. Yeah, and, and like as the mosquito, only the females suck the blood. With this vampire moth, only the males suck your blood. And this is a fairly recent discovery that these moths go after human blood. They don't usually do that, but uh, there was a biologist that kind of stuck her hand in a jar with one and it fed on her. So I, they don't 
there's no known diseases that it carries that I am aware of. So hopefully it's not dangerous in that regard. But uh, well, yeah. I like moths, so I'd be okay with that. If a moth fed on you, mm-hmm. you'd be all right with that. Yeah. Okay, right, that's fair. Well, unless it causes like itching, like mosquitoes. I don't know. I didn't see any reference to that. Okay. So these these moths, what they do is is the uh, the females feed on fruit, so they have this this strong piercing kind of like a proboscis type thing, and they pierce the skin of the fruit, and they get like the juices out. The males get the blood. I think they eat the fruit as well. It's thought that maybe. They get the blood for the saltiness, and they pass some of that on to the female when they reproduce that helps with the development of the young. So it may be that they're doing the same thing as the female mosquito, but the male's doing the work and then passing it on to the female so she doesn't have to get all bloody. So if you see one of these moths with, like, red all over their mouths, you won't know if it's... You've got red on. What? You've got red on. Okay. Had a little Shaun of the Dead moment there. Oh, yeah. You, You won't know if it's from the blood... Or like the raspberry juice. Yes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> As you can CSI that stuff. And then, of course, we'll move into the worms, the segmented worms, the leech. I recommend a course of leeches. These were once considered a medical miracle in uh, parts of the world. And still to this day, did you know that leeches are occasionally used for medicine? I didn't. I knew that they were. I didn't know that they still are. So originally they were a bunch of poppycock, the way that leeches were used. You know, they they thought that all the disease was in the blood. So they thought that the way to cure you was to get rid of the blood. So they would put leeches on you. That was that was the thought process. Turns out that let's say that um, an alligator bit off your finger, and we could recover your finger. And then we could reattach it. But it's hard to get the blood to travel from your body back into the severed finger, even though we've attached it. One of the things that doctors have been able to do or surgeons have been able to do is put a leech on that finger and it pulls the blood into it and is able to keep it alive until the body heals it. Oh, that's interesting. Right? It's like almost like reverse vampirism. Yeah. It's like it's turning your finger into a vampire. Well, I mean, it's still sucking the blood. It just yeah. sucks it into an area that it couldn't get it before. Fun fact, cool. when I worked at the zoo, I took care of leeches and I tried desperately. We fed them beef hearts. I tried desperately to get them to feed off of me and they never would. Why would you want to do that? Because I wanted to see what it felt like. They didn't carry any diseases or anything. So I was just like, I left my hand in there for like 15, 20 minutes at a time, just hoping they would feed on me. They never did. You were getting paid to just stick your hand in the leeches? I mean, you know, it was on off times. Next up is the lamprey. Now, these guys are hagfish. Sometimes they're called hagfish. Lamprey, very similar creatures. They are jawless fish. So they have teeth, but no jaw. There, if you follow the Fantastic Cruising community over on Facebook, I drew a lamprey not that long ago. You did, and uh, and they look like they look like the sarlacc from Return of the Jedi, a little bit that Boba Fett gets uh, swallowed up by. Spoiler alert! If you haven't caught up with the movie from the mid '80s, and um, and yeah, so they don't really go after humans for the most part. They don't really do that. But there has been a couple. There have been a couple of cases of. Uh, lampreys or hagfish going after people, they they spend 
most of them spend part of their time in freshwater, part in saltwater. Some of them are all one. Anyway, they're interesting. Hmm. The lamprey. And then we get into, of course, the vampire bat. Everyone knows about the vampire bat, right? Yeah, it turns into Dracula. No, no. Blah, 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 blah. Vampire bats, you know where they're from? Transylvania. (laughs) If we were on the show QI right now, the whole background would have lit up and said, (laughs) Transylvania. You just lost mega points. No, they are from South America. Vampire bats from South America. You know that I actually knew it wasn't Transylvania. I I know that you knew that, but you didn't know South America, did you? I probably would have if I thought about it. I know we've looked it up and I've we've talked about it before. So the, what they do, they don't actually go for the neck, the jugular. They will usually go after the hoof. So you're, you know, humans are usually don't have those. But they will bite. Before they bite, they will put saliva on there, which kind of deadens the skin so you don't feel it as much. And then it also acts as an anticoagulant. So the blood, once it starts flowing, it just keeps flowing. And they just lap it up because they got little tongues. They don't have like fangs and they eat their fill. Not too much, though, because they got to fly away. And that's it. That's that's the vampire bat. And then they're the, little bitty things. too. And then the blood keeps flowing. Does it ever stop? It will eventually. They're little tiny things. Vampire bats are like little, little bitty things. OK, so they don't eat a lot. You know, they can't eat too much. They would like I said, they wouldn't be able to. Uh, we wouldn't be able to fly away. Do you know that there are some birds that are sanguinivores that are vampiric? I know of one because I saw it in the article that you were looking at. Ah, and which one did you see? The vampire finch. Yes, the vampire finch, which is from the Galapagos Islands yeah. and feeds on the blood of boobies. Boobies? Yes, the birds. Yeah. Not the boobs. But, yeah, vam- th- this is a bird that is vampiric. And there's actually a few other birds that will go after blood. One of them, though, is called the ox pecker. And they are kind of little peckers. Because what they do is they will, uh, you'll, you'll see them around animals like crocodiles and hippos and um, some of the, the oxen. And they'll, they'll pick little parasites and stuff off. So you think, oh, look at that bird. It's so nice. It's helping clean that animal up. But sometimes they take a little bit more. And they will purposefully draw blood to consume the blood. Little ox pecker. That's not nice. I know, right? But that's, that's true. That's what they do. And I've got one more animal on here, which is called the vampire flying frog from Vietnam. The vampire flying frog. Is it a frog? It is a frog, but everything else that is in its name is not really accurate. It doesn't fly? It doesn't fly. And it's not a vampire. It's not an undead sanguinivore. But you say, but Matt, why is it in the list? You left some other animals out that are not on the list. Why would you include this one? Because this frog is creepy. And actually, I do have one more. I forgot about my favorite one. But this frog is creepy. This is what they do. They live up in the treetops in Vietnam, like southern Vietnam. And so they lay their eggs in little water cavities in the tree. And there's no food up there. Now, scientists have found that these tadpoles have two little black fangs. And they thought, well, what are these fangs for? Turns out that Mama Frog comes back up to the nest and lays more eggs in the nest with the tadpoles as they're hatching. And they use these little fangs, it is thought, to rip open the eggs of their would-be siblings and slurp them down. 
So instead of making more babies, they just make half the babies so that the other babies can eat the new babies. Yeah, and when you're talking frogs, you could be talking like thousands of babies from one clutch of eggs. Okay. So there's enough to go around, you know? Yes, that picture you're showing me is not an accurate representation of the vampire flying frog. <laughs> I I looked it up, though. I put it in van... Like, look, it says it in the caption. This is why I always encourage people to find the scientific names and search for those, because most of the people that do the goofy Photoshop stuff don't use the scientific names. Just, just so you all know, this picture is like a frog with some creepy eyes and like vampire teeth with like blood dripping off like of it. Like straight up vampire like Bram oh, he's Stoker a, stuff. He's even got like a little uh, cape. See that? Oh yeah, look at that. How yeah. cute. Yeah, that's cute, but not accurate to the real world. <laughs> the last one that I have here, Kimbra, is the creepiest by far. Just the name will tell you a lot about this animal. It is called the tongue-eating louse. It eats tongues. It does. This Ew. name is fairly accurate. Although louse is probably not right. It's not a lice. It lives in the in the ocean and it is an isopod. So it is it is a crustacean related to shrimp and lobster. And this is what it does. It starts off as a young male. A young male tongue-eating louse. And it finds a fish, a host, because these are parasites. And it climbs into the gills where it starts to feed. But before that, it may meet another one of its own species. Because you see, what this louse does is, after it's been in the gills for a while, it moves up to the animal's tongue, and it latches on with its feet, its legs, not really feet, more legs, and it cuts off the blood supply of the fish's tongue, killing the fish's tongue, causing the fish's tongue to fall off. And this louse becomes a prosthetic tongue for the fish. Some of them are able to tap into the blood supply of the fish and feed off of its blood. Others just eat the slime produced by the fish. They live as the tongue of the fish. And as they do this, they also change from males into females. And they look for new young males to be coming into the gills and they breed with them, sending off the larvae into the world to become new tongue-eating louse. Louses? Lice? Ew. (laughs) I have nothing else to say. That's disgusting. So if you look these guys up, the tongue-eating louse, uh, Chymothoa exigua, I don't know how to say that Latin name, you will often see a fish with this little this little thing with their mouth open, these little eyes looking out at you. This is the isopod that eats their tongues. Ew. <laughs> and there you have it, the blood-eating animals of the world. Now, I, there are a lot more that I left out. If you have a favorite, send it to me, fantasticcruising at gmail.com, and we will discuss it on another podcast.
This is the story of Annie Palmer. Annie was born in England in 1802 to an English mother and an Irish father. When Annie was about 10 years old, they moved to Haiti. Sadly, Annie's parents died of yellow fever. Annie was then taken on by her nanny, who taught her voodoo and the black arts. Again, Annie was faced with another death. Her nanny died. She decided to then move to Jamaica and find herself a rich husband. There she met John Palmer. John was a plantation owner at the Rose Hall house. Annie became bored with John and their marriage and decided it wasn't enough, so she poisoned him. She married again and again became bored with the marriage and stabbed the next husband. Again, for the third time, Annie decided to marry and for a third time became bored with the marriage and it just wasn't enough, so she strangled him. Of course, in the meantime, the husbands and the marriages weren't enough. She also owned many slaves and she took many of them as lovers and when she got bored with them, she killed them. Eventually, she went too far, and she killed a relative of a slave named Taku. Taku was also versed in the black arts and voodoo, and wasn't very happy with what Annie did, so he killed her. The slaves called her the White Witch of Rose Hall, buried her in a tomb far from the house. Now some say that the slaves didn't protect that tomb properly, so that she would be gone forever, and she can still be found haunting the halls of Rose Hall. Now, last year, we took you guys down to Key West to meet Robert the Doll. We're going back to Key West this year, but we're not looking for Robert. No, no. Not this time. This time, we're looking for Carl Tanzler. Carl was a German man born on February 8, 1877. He became a radiology technician, and he lived a lot of different places. Right before World War I, Carl moved all the way over to Australia. He traveled around a little bit before eventually ending up back in Germany, and around 1920, he got married to Doris Schaefer. No relation. Now, with him and Doris, they had a couple of daughters, Aisha and Calarista. That was between 1922 and 1924. Now, in 1926, old Carl decided to emigrate over to the United States of America. So he came over here and he moved to a little town called Zephyr Hills, Florida. Maybe you've heard of it. It's not too far from where we live in Tampa, and it's famous for their spring water. Now, he moved over there and sent for his daughters and his wife and they eventually joined him, but uh, he didn't stay there very long. You see, one year later, he left his family behind. 1927, he took a job as a radiology technician down at the U.S. Marine Hospital in Key West, Florida. But he didn't go down there as Carl Tanzler. No, no. He changed his name, Carl Von Kosel. Now, he's working down there, and he met somebody. Now, you have to understand that when Carl was a child, he claimed to have had a vision. A vision from a late ancestor called the Countess Anna Constantina von Kosel. She appeared to him in a vision, revealing to him the face of his one true love. And you might be thinking, well, he already married Doris Schaefer. <laughs> that wasn't his one true love. She didn't have the right 
face, I guess you could say. No, no, on April 22nd, 1930, working at that Marine hospital, Tanzler met for the first time a young lady named Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyas. Now, Maria was born in 1909, so she was a tad bit younger than our friend Carl. She was a Cuban-American, and unfortunately, she was visiting the hospital because she was under the weather. And when I mean under the weather, we're talking tuberculosis. And folks, this is before there was a vaccine for tuberculosis. Well, Carl was in love, immediately in love. And he did everything he could to treat her for this typically fatal disease. And in the meantime, he was showering her with gifts and money and everything he could do to win the heart of this young lady. Sadly, Maria died on October 25th, 1931. Creepy note, it's October 25th when we're recording this. Now, Tanzler paid for her funeral and she was put into a tomb that was above the ground. Now, you got to do that for the most part in Key West because it's not a high elevation. There are some people buried there, but if there's a big storm, they might not stay buried. So putting somebody in a tomb is a pretty good idea, usually. But not when somebody like Carl Tanzler is a bit too enamored with you. You see, Carl, he just couldn't live without Maria, even though they were never really together in real life. Not in that way. He couldn't live without her. So one evening in April of 1933, Tanzler crept through the cemetery. He found that mausoleum where Maria was buried. Well, he knew where it was. He visited it all the time, but not usually at night. And not usually with a toy wagon that he would use to transport the corpse of Maria back to his house. He brought Maria home. He put her up in his bedroom. Now, Maria had been dead for several years. And you can imagine she wasn't smelling too good at this point. So what was Carl to do? Well, it turned out Carl did a lot. First of all, the eyeballs were gone, so he had to replace those with some glass marbles. And he still had her hair, so that was something to work with. But she didn't smell too good, so Carl had to take out most of her internal organs and put some stuffing in there to kind of keep the form. He tried to keep her skin as long as he could, but... You know, skin doesn't last forever. It started to rot away. And so what did Carl do? Well, he just replaced it with wax and cloth. Till eventually, that's about all that was left. Was wax and marble and hair and bone and piano wire. Now around October 1940, Maria's sister heard rumors that Tanzler had been sleeping with her dead sister. So she confronted him. Key West is a small place. He was arrested. He was tested by psychiatrists and found to be mentally competent to stand trial for wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. There was a preliminary hearing on October 9, 1940 at the Monroe County Courthouse in Key West. Tanzler had to answer to his charge. But there was a little problem. You see, in Monroe County... There's a statute of limitation on the charge that Tanzler was accused of. And so eventually, it was all just dropped. Now, Maria's body was actually put on display at a local funeral home. And it was said that almost 7,000 people viewed it before it was buried in an unknown site so that it couldn't be tampered with anymore. 
And Carl, he moved back up towards the Tampa area. He didn't have Maria anymore herself, but he was able to take a forensic death mask and combine it with a life-size dummy, and he kept that with him until his death in 1952. And some people say that he was found in the arms of that dummy. Some people also say that he swapped the bodies, and he was never truly departed from his dearly departed. All right, what do you think? Are you ready to go to Key West now? Um, I mean, I think going to Key West is fine. I just don't know Do you about... want to see Maria? No. They call her Elena in the story after the first Maria. I don't know why. I guess her name was... They called her Helen, but Elena... Yeah, I don't know. She, I don't know. She, well, I mean, she had what, like four or five names? She had a lot of names. Yeah. 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 Well, I have seen, so right in the same area where Robert is in that museum, there is a replica, supposedly a replica, of Maria's preserved body. Ooh, is it creepy? It's creepy. Now, if you didn't know the story, it looks weird. It looks like kind of weird, but knowing the story and like seeing the photographs of the of the real deal, the real, Mahoy, what was her name? Mahoy? Mahoy? What? I was going to say the real McCoy, but her name was actually like, uh, what was it? Um, oh, I don't remember. There were too many names. Maria, Elena, Milagro, De Hoyas. De Hoyas. The real De Hoyas? <laughs> That joke took way too long. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it looks... Was it as creepy as Robert? No. I mean, no. Because there was nothing really supernatural indicated about... That it was just a guy that you know liked this girl and didn't want to be parted from her, so he just went and dug her up and sort of taxidermied her a little bit. I don't know, I, I think I've read that maybe the Norman Bates character was influenced by this a little bit too, but I think there's other influences for that. So, yeah, would you do that to me? No, ew, just checking, gross. That was a good answer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, we've been watching horror movies, Tis the Season, and uh, we made a list and we've been going through them. And um, we're, we're, maybe we'll watch one tonight. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, we just watched we just watched one that was the Transylvania, Hotel Transylvania 3, which takes place on a cruise ship. So that's sort of appropriate, too. Is to, that the last one we watched? No, it's not the last one that we watched, but it is one of the more recent ones that we watched. Yeah. I think the last one we watched was that Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Right. Yes. Which is great. Oh, no, no, that's not true. No, last we, we watched The Secret Window. The Secret Window, yes. Yeah. The Secret Window. Here's what we've watched so far. I think this is in order, actually. Sweeney Todd, Wallace and Gromit versus The Were Rabbit or something. Cur- Curse, Curse, of the, Curse of the Were Rabbit. Yeah. 13 Ghosts, the, the remake. Corpse Bride, which is kind of what we just did a story about, was the <laughs> Corpse Bride. Goosebumps, the uh, first one, we, we did the first Goosebumps movie. Hotel Transylvania, the original Hotel Transylvania. Then the, um, what's it called? From Hell, the Johnny Depp, Jack the Ripper. We've got a lot of Johnny Depp on here. We do. I mean, he's interesting. He's all like Halloween-y. Yeah. Um, how, well, yeah, because Sweeney Todd, Corpse Bride, Hotel, not Hotel Jack the Ripper, yeah. Paranorman, watch Paranorman. 
Um, then we did Hotel Transylvania 3, which if you haven't seen that, it, it is a Hotel Transylvania movies are great. They're they're good. They're funny. And the third one is it's not my favorite, but it is. It does have a special place in my heart because it is on a cruise ship. I mean, a portion of it is at least. Yeah. And then we watched Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which if you are a fan of the overblown classic psycho in the woods horror movie, you need to see Tucker and Dale versus Evil because it turns it on its head and it's hilarious. It's a comedy. It's a horror, but it's a comedy. It, it's, it was pretty good. I was I was pleasantly surprised. It's got Wash in it from Firefly. And then we watched The Secret Window, which was more of a thriller, but it was pretty good. Another Johnny Depp movie. Did it surprise you? Um, I kind of figured it out about halfway through. Yeah, I know, because you said it. But but it was still it was still interesting. And then here's the movies that we have left on our list. Now, we had a whole bunch of other movies, but these are the ones that are on our list. And we've only got like the rest we've got like this week to watch them. So I don't think we've got, I think, like seven or eight left. I don't know. We got Beetlejuice on there. The original Creature from the Black Lagoon, as if they've made a remake. Why haven't they made a remake? There's a few different movies, but there's they haven't remade it. Like they've remade A Million Werewolf and Vampire and Frankenstein, but only one creature, the mummy. They're all redone except for Creature from the Black Lagoon. Why is that? Goosebumps, the second movie, that's on our list. Hotels Transylvania 2, that's on our list. The Craft is on our list. Transylvania 65000, a fan favorite of that one from my teenage years. The Descent, one of my favorite scary movies. And this is actually a Day of the Dead movie, Coco. I love Coco. So that's what we have left to watch. And we'll, we'll see. Um, we've been doing like a random number generator to get there. So we'll see which one we watch next. Maybe we'll watch one tonight. I think I just heard pizza coming to the door. Pizza the Hut. I'm surprised Reno didn't bark. That is weird. Yeah. We distracted him by talking. He's still in a fit now. I hear him puffing. Yeah. All right. Well, one pizza consumed. Actually... Just a little bit of pizza consumed and the dog relieved and we are back. And uh, look, we have one more thing we want to talk about. I know this year is not probably the ideal year for going out to a costume party, but there's always Halloweens in the future. Or maybe you're having a virtual Halloween party or maybe just a Halloween party with a few friends or something like that. And when you're on that cruise in the future for Halloween, which is a really fun time to cruise... You want to you want to go in a costume. So Kimber and I came up with a list of good costumes to wear on a cruise. So these are all sort of cruise or nautical related, not naughty. I mean, they, you could make any of them naughty, I guess, but nautical related costume. So what what do we got here, Kimbra? Um. So in no particular order, we start with the pirate. Are you pirate? And of course, you said if you're gonna go pirate, you gotta go Jack Sparrow. Yes, you could also go. You could also go um, Captain Hook. Captain Hook. You could go Captain Morgan. Ah. Because I've got I've actually got something like that down there coming up. Anyway, all right. Then Not we like got Blackbeard. 
Blackbeard, yes, you could do Blackbeard, and just don't set your beard on fire like Blackbeard. Yeah. So any of those piratey pirates? And and think about what ports you're going to. Like if you're going to a piratey port like Nassau, you know, it's even more relevant. And then you could just go as a sailor. Or Popeye the sailor man. You could be very specific and go as Popeye. Or olive oil, if you got a couple, you could one of you could go as olive oil, one of you could go as Popeye. I'll go as olive oil. You go as Popeye. Okay. Uh, you could go as a cruise creature, and look, there's a lot that you could do with cruise creatures, but we highlighted a few. Of course, the jellyfish, which I've seen that costume several times, and it's a, it can be really creative. There's different versions of that one. Like there I've are. seen that one done with an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually one of one of the camp counselors at the aquarium yes. did it with a sombrero. Yes, she did, and that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. You could do an octopus. I think that would be fun to go as an octopus. I mean, obviously you could do any cruise creature, right? But we just highlighted some that uh, that we thought of a shark. And if you're going to go shark, you might as well go jaws. That's right. Or you could go Captain Brody or Quint. How about Bruce? Or Bru- Oh, yeah, Bruce from Finding Nemo. Um, we got Finding Nemo on there, too. You could go as Dory, Nemo, any of those characters. Yeah. What's the turtle's name in that? Crush. Crush. Or yeah. Squirt. Squirt. Mr. Ray. You know Bruce is the name of the mechanical shark in Jaws? I do know that. So when you said Bruce, you could, you could go as Bruce, who I, I believe Bruce was named after... The mechanical shark from Jaws. I think that was like yes, a little I tribute. Yes, I think that's I think that's right. To that, I I put down an anglerfish. I've never seen. I'm sure that somebody's done this. Oh, I bet that would be a fun. I've costume. just never seen it, but it would be yeah, because you could use a little LED light for the, and it'd be a cool costume in the light and in the dark. So that just made me think it's not on this list, but I thought about it. It's not on the list. We can't talk about it. Well, too bad. Um, a crab. Oh. Yeah. Like like in um. Moana, the crab that sings the shiny song. That's like a, um, is that a a hermit crab in Moana? Yeah. Okay. But he's not a true crab. But he's all glowy and stuff too. A little, any bioluminescent creature would be, would would add a little, a little zing to your bling or a little bling to your zing. I don't know. Whatever. You go as a god, Neptune or Poseidon. With your Triton or King Triton. And then you could be Poseidon yourself. I'm Poseidon myself. Oh, Matthew. They keep waving at me. <laughs> or you could go Hollywood. And, of course, you could go as characters from the Titanic. You know, Jack, Rose, the iceberg. Or the Titanic, the ship. You could. You could just go as the whole ship. Or any ship. You could go as the ship you're on. Oh. Or... If you're on Carnival, go as a Royal Caribbean ship. Or if you're on Royal Caribbean, go as a Norwegian ship. Wouldn't that be fun? I wonder if you get kicked off. They're like, no, you cannot promote they, that brand. They probably wouldn't kick you off, but maybe you'd get like a cool new bumper sticker to stick on the side of your ship. Like, because if you're on a Carnival ship and you have like Royal Caribbean, maybe Carnival will be like, I'm sorry, you can't go as that ship, but here's a cool sticker that you can put over top of your Royal Caribbean <laughs> that says Carnival. I think the only cruise line that would censor that would be Disney. Yeah. But <laughs> sorry for Disney people out there. Uh, yeah, so you could go as, as, as a cruise ship or, or a pirate ship or any ship or something. You could go as the oh, minnow. A rowboat. Do you know what... what 
ship the minnow was? Or was that really a boat more the than minnow, a ship? The minnow, that's Gilligan's Island. You got it. You got yeah. Gilligan Island, Gilligan's Island characters. I love I have I have a couple seasons of Gilligan's Island. Do you? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. What else we got? Um, How about a person? Yeah, mermaid, merman, mer whatever. Ariel. You could be a very specific the merperson. Little mermaid. You could be a scary mermaid, like about, the original Sirens. How about a Harry Potter mermaid? You could do that. Yeah. So there's a lot. So there's a lot of possibilities within that. You could have an all mermaid party, or all mer people party, and then everybody becomes their favorite version of the mer person. Their immersion. <laughs> It'd be a very mer a mermaid immersive experience. <laughs> <laughs> what's next well i mean you could also go as a scuba diver i actually did that on a cruise i was a scuba diver i know it's a stretch but um yeah i mean it was kind did of you fun. make a big splash i did i actually won a award or something for it within the lolita it was a lolita loca cruise geeks group cruise thing so um i got something i don't know like it wasn't. I didn't win the main one, but I wore a wetsuit. It was a thin wetsuit, so I wouldn't die from heat exhaustion. And uh, you know, a mask, um, a weight belt. I did not walk around in fins. I can't remember. I don't think I had a tank. I think I was just going as. I think I was going. Maybe I was going as myself. I don't remember now. But it was fun. And then you could get more specific, right? You saw this one. Yeah, um, Jacques Cousteau. One of my heroes. Wearing the red, little red sock cap and all that stuff. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Uh, or any, now Jacques Cousteau was a captain. You could go as any captain. You could go as captain from Gilligan's Island. You could go as Captain Morgan. You could go as Captain Ahab. You could go as captain of a pirate ship. You could go as captain of the cruise ship. You could go as Captain Kirk. That's not really cruise related, but. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> I want to be Captain Kirk. Then it's just a science fiction convention. <laughs> oh, I see. I see your next Captain one. and Tennille. But you you could go as, I've got the love boat on here somewhere. You could go as Captain from the love boat. I've, I don't know the love boat. The love boat. I think I have a for the first season of the love boat on DVD. I bought that. And I don't think I've watched all of it through. <laughs> it's a little rough to watch, but it's fun. It's fun. Um, and then we have your favorite drink. Yes, that could be the Captain Morgan. Yeah. Like you could be a Captain Morgan and the other person could go as like Coke or something. Or or you could just go as the Captain Morgan. Or you could go as a pina colada. Or I was going to say, go, can I go as a margarita? A margarita? It's because I've been drinking too much of myself. Hey, margarita. You could go as whatever you want. You know, it's your drink. I'd go as like a scotch or maybe, Would you wear your kilt? I could. I could do that, yes. But yeah, you could get really creative with your favorite drink, right? That could be really fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Or you could just go as yourself, a tacky tourist. Just make yourself extra tacky, or maybe it just is you. I have a little tacky tourist in me when I'm on a cruise ship. I mean, I'm not... I've got a little bit of that. You know, I wear the the fun shirts, the button-down shirts. Yeah, but you don't have, like, the overly crazy Hawaiian shirts. I mean, I like your shirts. No, because mine all have like sea creatures and stuff right. on them. But otherwise, they would. Yeah. I like the crazy Hawaiian shirts. I mean, then come on. I'm a Weird Al fan. Yeah. But, but you don't wear them. 
No, just because I don't. Just because if I can find one with like a scuba diver or an octopus on it, I'm going that direction. Yeah. But yeah, but tacky tours. You could, you know, you could deck yourself out with the binoculars, the camera. I do have the camera. Um, oh, I have a camera. The, now the too. hat. I don't wear the the big floppy hats and stuff. Yeah. You can put the the sunscreen on your nose. The sandals with the socks. Oh no no! Don't do that. That's that's too scary. <laughs> Speaking of scary. You could go as Guy Fieri. Why is that scary? He has scary hair. Oh, okay. Says the guy. Who you, okay, anyway. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Again, probably not as appropriate if you're not on a carnival ship for that one, Guy Fieri. Yeah. So this isn't on our list and probably not quite in the right place from the order that we're going in. But I just thought of it because you said Guy Fieri. How about a blue iguana? Oh, yeah. Or a burrito. Or a burrito. Yeah, you go as a burrito or or your favorite meal. I could go as, as chilled mango soup. Oh, that's a good idea. Or creme brulee. <laughs> Who wants to go as creme brulee? <laughs> or you could go as like if you're doing a couple thing, you could do like, you know, you could do two parts of the of the entree or something like that. Like how about mashed potatoes and gravy? I don't know how you're going to go as gravy. I don't either. But <laughs> but think of something very cruise centric like fish and chips fish and chips i don't know i can't think of things that are cheese and crackers yeah i don't i've never had cheese and crackers. Uh, well i guess i sort of had cheese and crackers i had cheese rolls and butter yeah yeah you could do that you could do that (laughs) and then we we just watched hotel transylvania 3 you could go as a hotel transylvania 3 character from that movie so like you know drac wearing i love drac's outfit it's kind of a combination of the uh the tacky tourist and Dracula. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good one. What's the next one? Uh, suitcase. Yeah, so you can wear like a suit and then put the word case on it. Or you could cut holes in your suitcase and actually wear it. You probably not in your suitcase. Like get like a cheap suitcase from like Goodwill or something and then do that. One of the challenges with costumes on a cruise ship is it usually requires a lot of extra packing. So think about that. When you're planning your costume, do you want to not have to worry about that, especially if you're like flying or something, then you may want to consider a costume that doesn't have a lot of stuff. I mean, if if you are going as like a suitcase with actually using a suitcase, you could probably use that suitcase as a suitcase. Except for if you cut holes in it, then you would. Well, yeah, but you could stick like some cardboard or something over those areas to keep them closed until it's time to use it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know. And then this is on our list of movies to watch, and, and I've been chomping at the bit to watch this because I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but I'm, like, fascinated with Gilman. You could go as the creature from the Black Lagoon. I think that would be really cool. Um, Dave the Dead. Yes. Dios Di- de los Muertos. Dias de los Muertos. I yes. think that's probably correct. Yeah, Day of the Dead. I mean, that's technically is a different holiday. And they, and, uh, you know, if you've seen the movie Coco or you're familiar with the actual holiday, the culture behind it, it's not really meant to be a scary thing. No, but it's around that time. It's like usually, I think it's November 1st yeah. this year. I don't know that it's always on the same day. I feel like it's on the, I don't know. But, I don't know. but, uh, but it's a really cool holiday and it's, it's, uh, and the costuming, as just beautiful for yeah. it. So you could do that. And then finally we have... A sea monster. Why not? 
you know, go as a sea monster. We could go as a, um, like a sea creature from the past too, like oh, a mosasaur. What? We just went to Moat Marine Aquarium and we saw the the replica of mosasaur, uh, mosasaur, mosasaurus, it's mosasaur, right? Mosasaurus. Mosasaur. Is it mosasaurus? Uh-huh. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you could go as that. That would be fun. What about the or megalodon? What's that other one? The one with the long neck. The la- it starts with an L. The starts with an L. I think so. The Loch Ness monster. Nessie. No. The... Plesiosaur. I don't know. You think of a plesiosaur? Yes, that's. It doesn't start with an L. No, it, it doesn't with a start P, with an L. But there is an L at the beginning. <laughs> we can call it a lesiosaur. <laughs> it's the lesser known <laughs> cousin of the plesiosaur, the lesiosaur. Okay. Some people want to rent. Some people want to buy. Other people will lease their a sore. Stop making fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. All right. Well, that's it. So if you guys have some ideas, what are your costume ideas for Halloween that is cruise related? What have you done in the past? What What are some? I know there's some out there that we didn't hit. So let us know. Send us an email. Fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Drink. Okay, that's the end, Matt. That is the end. Ooh, it's time to head for the horizon. That was very quiet. It's time to head for the horizon. I can't do the scary voice and that at the same time. It's time to head for the horizon. It's time to head for the horizon. It's time to head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Halloween episode, episode two of a Halloween specials. I don't, that was like Italian or something. That definitely was not like. Would you Dracula. like some blood? <laughs> blood, blood. Oh, it'd be very nice. I don't even know what that is. Anyway, thank you for listening to the second annual Halloween episode from Fantastic Cruising. Yeah, thank you, pa- you. You paused there for a minute. Did you forget what what we were called? No, I didn't forget. <sighs> okay. That's all right. So anyway, so here's here's what we wanted to talk about in the after the uh, music there. 
Um, so we, if, you, if you're a member of the Fantastic Cruising community over on Facebook, you may have seen a post recently about the game Dungeons and Dragons, um, which, is, which is contrary to a lot of popular belief in the 80s, not a satanic game, but just a game for geeky people who enjoy telling stories with uh, dice to give them statistical outcomes. So, and, uh, and, you know, get lost in a fantasy world. Anyway, we are possibly, well, we're going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons one way or the other, maybe multiple ways. One possibility is I may be running a game that will be virtual. And if that happens, I know my friend Mark and his uh, daughter is our interest, dot, dot, er, nuts, is interested in playing, but, and obviously Kimbra, but... We could possibly have a few more people in on this game. So if you are of that ilk and you would like to have a fun game of Dungeons and Dragons, no promises, but uh, let us know with an email, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Let us know if you'd be interested. It would, um, I don't know, I'll, I'll have to come up with more details as we come up with them. And if it's popular, maybe we'll... Maybe we'll run a few games or something. I don't know. It's a lot, but uh, we'll see. could be fun. That could be interesting. Yeah. If you've never played before, no worries. We will walk you through the process. Uh, the problem is we can only have a few people. you got to limit to the number of people. Otherwise, it gets a little crazy. But um, if you are interested and you never played before, you just have to be comfortable, you know, being in that sort of geeky fantasy realm and, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm new to it. You are new to it, yes. You've played a just really a sci-fi version of it. Like once. But you've been doing a lot of research and stuff. I have yeah. lots of lots of videos and readings. If you're if you're not familiar, it's basically the the dungeon master or game master sort of leads the story, but you play as a character in the story and dice you have statistics and dice rolls determine if you succeed or fail at different things uh and the the dungeon master also sort of helps with that a little bit and guides it and you may fight monsters and you may solve puzzles and you may rescue things or whatever go on quests and uh you 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 kind of get into your character but it's really just the way that i play dungeons and dragons it's not a competition we're not trying to see who can just slay the most dragons it's more about that fun combined storytelling so if that sounds like something you're interested in let us know with an email and maybe we'll have some virtual dungeons and dragons maybe it'll be on a cruise ship in ancient times Ooh. we can do a modern one on that i have played a zombie game on a cruise ship like like a role-playing game that took place on a cruise ship i've actually played dungeons and dragons on a cruise ship i ran a little one-off campaign on a royal caribbean ship it was a lot of fun Cool. 